paranormal experiences don't really work to a timescale, and therefore, for the spooky season, and indeed for the whole of season 13, we invite you to listen to a dark mini-sode. Hi everyone, and welcome back to mini-sode number 5. Firstly, a huge thank you. Everyone apparently seems to be liking the fact we're doing these minisodes. So who knows, maybe they will continue on into season 14. We'll have to wait and see on that one. But as I've always said, the dark paranormal and indeed these minisodes are your show. So if you do enjoy them, we will indeed keep doing them. I like to think of them as little starter portions before the main course of the dark paranormal on a Friday. And without giving too much away, I've really looked forward to sharing Friday's episode with you because it's something I've never encountered before. And I think you'll find it as strange as I did. Don't forget our Patreons will receive early ad-free access to that episode this week as they do these minisodes and anything else that we put out. So if you're interested, head over to patreon.com forward slash the dark paranormal. But right now, sit back and enjoy the experiences from Andrea and Anonymous. Our first one comes in from Andrea. I had a scary hotel experience when I was an exchange student 22 years ago in the UK. As a college group from California, we lived with host families in Stratford-upon-Avon. We took college courses during the week, and our college arranged for us to see many sites throughout the stay. I visited many historical sites, such as the Tower of London, Warwick Castle, Bath, Stonehenge, etc., During overnight trips, we were assigned a roommate to share the hotel with. My roommate was a great girl, but we didn't hang out together in our free time. Nevertheless, I had no issues with her, and her and I would bunk together several times. Well, one time was on a trip to York. I can't remember the name of the hotel, but I do remember that we were assigned room 12A. I found this funny at first, because obviously it was supposed to be room 13. The previous room was 12, and the one after was 14. So I didn't think anything about the number change. I just supposed some guests were superstitious, and this was the hotel's remedy. After touring a museum, we had free reign of our day. My roommate went out with a group of her friends, and I did with mine. My group, for whatever reason, included this guy. He was nice, but definitely in the friend zone. And trust me, that's important. Anywho, our group got back before hers so I was alone in the room. I thought this would be great because I could have a nice relaxing bath. Whilst trying to relax, I felt uncomfortable. I had a feeling like I was being watched. That was the quickest bath I ever took. 
and instead of feeling relaxed, I ended up feeling rather anxious. I tried to shake these feelings off by getting into bed. I picked the furthest bed from the bathroom, just in case. I turned on the TV and tried not to think. But I had that prickly feeling come over me, and out of the corner of my eyes, I thought I saw a dark figure peeking out of the bathroom. My mind was screaming, this cannot be happening. I felt paralysed with fear. I told myself that if this happened again, I would need to leave. Well, as if it read my mind, it peaked again. And I honestly don't know what willed me to move so quickly other than pure adrenaline. I was in that hallway and realised my guy friend was next door. I knocked and his roommate let me in. I asked if I could hang with them until my friend came back. Of course, they eagerly agreed. I didn't tell them what happened because I didn't want to believe it. Like, if it's spoken about, it may drift through the wall or something. My guy friend noticed I was tense and offered to give me a back rub. Truly, just a back rub. Normally, I would never let him get that touchy-feely with me, but I was numb. He offered to let me stay in his room, which, for some reason, made his roommate look worried. But I just laughed off this offer as a joke. I don't think he was joking, though. So I'm sitting on his bed, feeling weird, uncomfortable, and weighing up my options, waiting for my roommate whilst enduring awkward but harmless flirting. Or, well, there was actually no awe. I was going to have to endure this situation because I was scared. After what seemed like forever, I heard my roommate next door. I asked him to walk me back. I know he was getting mixed messages, but I wasn't going alone. My roommate was back, and I felt comfortable knowing she was with me, especially because she was sleeping in the bed closest to the bathroom. I don't know how I managed to fall asleep, but I think wrapping myself up like a burrito helped. The next morning I told her I was going down to breakfast and I would see her on the bus. I used the lobby restroom and I got on the bus as soon as the doors opened. During our next overnight trip, we were chatting away and she mentioned that our current room felt much better than that creepy York hotel room. We shared our experiences and while she didn't see anything, she heard what she described as nuns chanting in the bathroom. She was so freaked out about the chanting, she convinced her friends to stay out late that very night. I told her I was waiting for her to come back, and as a result, 
almost got a very unwanted boyfriend. Nevertheless, it was validating to hear somebody else's experience. Well, thank you so much, Andrea. And I am not surprised that in the city of York, you encountered some paranormal activity. It's arguably the most haunted city within the UK. I will never forget the time that my partner, as a surprise, booked us in for a night's stay at the Golden Fleece. Now, the Golden Fleece is arguably the most haunted hotel in York. And she booked us into the most haunted room in the most haunted hotel. And it was terrifying. It had a small corridor that led off the main bedroom with no door that led into a little living room that you could just about see from where your head was positioned. And when I say just about see, I mean you could see maybe 5% of this room. So you could see the wall, the end wall of the living room, and you could see where that room then opened out. And it was left to your imagination what was taking place in there whilst you try to sleep. But I think the highlight of the night came in both comedy and terror when we decided to pay quite handsomely for a ghost walk through the city of York. One of the stops was outside our hotel. Not just that, but the host of this walk pointed to our very bedroom and declared to the group, you wouldn't want to spend the night there. I very meekly raised my hand and told him that's exactly what we were going to do. And never before have I heard genuine gasps. At first, I thought I'd turn round and see smiling faces from the mainly American tourists who were with us, but they seemed to have genuine faces of concern. And it was mainly due to that that I drank myself into such a state I knew sleep would not be a problem. But let's continue this mini-sode with the next email from Anonymous. Anonymous writes, I do like to be scared, but because I can commiserate with those who have ghostly experiences, after all these years, I found it therapeutic to finally share my encounters. So, a little religious background about my family. My father was a Catholic, and my mother a Protestant, but both were non-practicing. We didn't grow up going to church, but we had an aunt who was very religious. She attended various Christian churches throughout her adulthood, and also sent her sons to Christian schools. But my story revolves around my very agnostic younger sister. I called her to get permission to share the story and also to compare our memories of the events. My sister, I'll refer to her as Marie, was always drawn to the paranormal. At the time of this story, she was in middle school and I was in high school. While shopping with my mum, she saw a Ouija board and told my mum that she really wanted one. So my mum bought it and my sister brought it home, as you would any normal toy. 
We played with it and it was fascinating because the planchette seemed to glide easily and without our help. My sister's school schedule allowed her to get home before me, so it became pretty routine for me to arrive home and witness Marie and her best friend playing with the board whilst blasting Metallica. I honestly didn't care. It didn't affect me, or so I ignorantly thought. Marie said that the spirit communicating with them was named Rachel, and every time they played with it, it spelled the same name. My sister admitted she'd become obsessed with the board, and when her friend couldn't come over and play, she began to play alone. One day, our Christian school cousins came over, and the eldest seen the Ouija board and started to tell us it was evil. My sister wanted to prove him wrong, and we all gathered in a room. My siblings and I started playing with it, whilst our cousins stood back, not willing to participate. Well, my cousins started yelling at us, and then at the board. He was shouting Christian prayers and phrases mingled with degrading curse words towards the spirit. The planchette started going in a figure eight, and the motions were quick and jerky. We stopped playing. That's when spooky stuff started up in the house. My sister would hear footsteps walking up and down our hallway at night. Then, one Friday night, I was up late listening to music in my bedroom, and I heard our doorbell. Now, this was a portable doorbell that my parents bought specifically for a female cousin who sometimes stayed with us. Therefore, they hid the button behind a piece of wood on the porch. The bell part was a plug-in in the front living room. I hurried to the front door because everyone else in the house was asleep and it was around midnight. I opened the door wide expecting to see my cousin and was surprised to see no one on the porch. I went back to my room confused, shut my bedroom door and thought maybe I was mistaken. And then it went off again. This time, I cautiously walked to the front door and peeked out of the little window. Nothing. Now my stomach sank. I ran back to my room like I was being chased. I jumped in bed with the lights on and it went off again. Now this time, I was genuinely scared because either a group of pranksters were playing with me or something otherworldly. Being a rational teenager, I thought, screw this, and went to my parents' room and plopped myself between them. My mum felt me squeeze in and asked why I was there. My dad never budged. I told her about the doorbell and she sighed. She knows I'm a little weenie and probably made it up. Then it rang and she couldn't ignore it. 
She got up and said it was probably the batteries. She took them out and threw them away, unplugged the other indoor part and got back into bed. A few minutes later, the doorbell rang. This time, she was pissed, throwing the whole contraption in the bin. Maybe it was an electrical problem, but the timing was definitely strange. A few days later, my brother was trying to play his Nintendo. The cursor was not responding. Instead, it kept moving in a figure eight. He asked for help, and my sister tried resetting it, but it wouldn't stop. I came home from school, and they were both frantic. My brother, because he couldn't play his game. My sister, because she was scared. She told me that ever since our cousin had insulted the Ouija board, it wasn't responding to her. All it would do is make a figure eight. Well, I didn't need any more convincing, I called my religious aunt. She came over when our parents were working because they didn't believe us. My dad would say the only ghost is the Holy Ghost. My mum thought we were imagining things. It was so frustrating for me because I felt unheard and our scary experiences were trivialised. But my aunt came to our rescue. She blessed every room of the house and told my sister to get rid of that board. After the board was thrown away, the house went back to normal. This experience showed me that the spirit boards are not for playing with. And now I'm a mum, I told my kids Ouija boards are not allowed in this house. Well, thank you so much, Anonymous. And I will say this, although one of the most frequent emails we receive is about the spirit board, the Ouija board, call it what you will. If 12 people out of 20 tell you it's raining outside, it's probably raining outside. I had a very detailed conversation yesterday about Ouija boards in general. Now, whether they themselves act as a portal, whether they put you in the frame of mind to act as the portal yourself, either way, under the right settings, something clearly goes on when you use a Ouija board. And so that wraps up Minisode 5. I'll speak to you again on Friday for one of our most interesting experiences to date. So, until Friday, stay safe and take care.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.